This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. It has often been said by some skeptics that America was not founded on Christian principles. Did you know that 52 of the 55 signers of the Declaration of Independence were orthodox, deeply committed Christians? The other three all believed in the Bible as divine truth, the God of Scripture, and His personal intervention. It is the same Congress that formed the American Bible Society. Immediately after creating the Declaration of Independence, the Continental Congress voted to purchase and import 20,000 copies of the Scripture for people of the nation. You know the name Patrick Henry, perhaps. He's called the firebrand of the American Revolution. He's still remembered for his words, give me liberty or give me death. But in current textbooks in many of our schools, the context of these words has been deleted. Here's what Patrick Henry actually said. An appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left us. But we shall not fight our battle alone. There is a just God that presides over the destinies of nations. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. These sentences have been erased from many textbooks in our schools. Was Patrick Henry a Christian? Well, the following year in 1776, he wrote these words. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For that reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship here in America. Consider the words of Thomas Jefferson that he wrote in the front of his well-worn Bible. I am a real Christian, that is to say, a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus. I have little doubt that our whole country will soon be rallied to the unity of our Creator. In fact, Thomas Justin was the chairman of the American Bible Society, which he considered his highest and most important role. On July the 4th, 1821, President Adams said these words, The highest glory of the American Revolution was this, it connected in one indissoluble bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. Other people have written similar statements. And tomorrow, 4th of July, we come to affirm once again not just our nation's independence, but our dependence upon the God of 
this nation and other nations as well. Many school children, at least back in my generation, were asked and, and made, forced to learn the American's Creed. It has sort of fallen out of favor. I, we don't hear much about the American's Creed now. Let me read the words of the American's Creed. I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy in a republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity, for which American patriots sacrifice their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. Just a brief historical note about the American's Creed. It was written as a result of a nationwide contest for writing a national creed, which would be a brief summary of the American political faith, founded upon things fundamental in American history and tradition. The contest was the idea of Henry Sterling Chapin, Commissioner of Education of the State of New York. Over 3,000 entries were received, and William Tyler Page was declared to be the winner. James Preston, who was the mayor of Baltimore, presented an award to Page in the House of Representatives office building on April the 3rd, 1918. It was a time when patriotic sentiments were very much in vogue in the United States. The nation had been a participant in World War I only a little over a year at the time the American's Creed was adopted. Referring to the American's Creed, Page, the author, said, It is the summary of the fundamental principles of the American political faith as set forth in its greatest documents, its worthiest traditions, and its greatest leaders. Interestingly, uh, his wording of the American's Creed used passages and phrases from the Declaration of Independence, the Preamble to the Constitution, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, and other documents. The American's Creed is something that really should not have fallen out of favor. I would like to share with you some words written, oh, probably 70 or 75 years ago by a great preacher, H.A. Uh, Ironside. We need to hear these words again today. When nations are engaged in deadly strife, it is common for patriots to declare that he who gives his life for the defense of his country may be certain of a home in heaven because of having made that supreme sacrifice. This teaching is in accord with some other worldwide religions, but it is not true with Christianity. In some other religions, people are promised that fanatical followers have a place in paradise if they die in faith 
in conflict with others who don't believe in them. They call them infidels. Patriotism is a virtue of which any person may well be proud. Oh, yes. But patriotism, praiseworthy as it is from a human standpoint, will never fit the soul for the presence of God. This may sound like heresy to many people. They say, if you're a great patriot, then you have a home in heaven. Patriotism can never wash away the guilt of sin. The testimony of Edith Cavell, a brave British nurse who was killed by the Germans during World War I, is well worth considering in this connection. This may have been World War II. I'm not sure about which date that was. This noble woman, Edith, was born in uh, Norfold in Swarsden on December the 4th, 1865. She entered the London Hospital for Nurses Training in 1895. In 1907, she was appointed the first matron of the medical institution in Brussels, Belgium. This became the Red Cross Hospital in Belgium at the outbreak of the conflict in 1914. From August of that year until August 1915, Nurse Cavell helped to care for wounded French, Belgian, English, and German soldiers alike. She ministered faithfully even to those who had fallen while fighting against her own nation. Naturally, her sympathies were with the Allies. And in cooperation with the efforts of others, she aided many English and French soldiers who had fled from the Germans. These escaped by underground methods to the Dutch frontier, where, with the aid of guides, they were conveyed across to Britain. When some of these fugitives were traced to her house in Brussels, Cavell was immediately arrested and after a brief court-martial, she was sentenced to face a firing squad. All her kindness to the German wounded was totally forgotten. Her captors considered her a spy, and they treated her accordingly. Just before the bandage was placed over her eyes, as she stood fearlessly facing the soldiers who were about to take her life, She gave her last message to the world. I am glad, she said, to die for my country. But as I stand here, I realize as never before that patriotism is not enough. Then she went on to give a clear, definite testimony to her personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and her assurance of salvation not because she was laying down her life for others, but because Jesus laid down his life for her. And so in perfect composure, Edith Cavell submitted to the bandaging of her eyes, and in a few moments she fell, pierced by many German bullets. Her words, patriotism is not enough, have spoken loudly to many in the years who've gone since, and she died a martyr to her convictions. What's more is needed than patriotism, you may ask? The answer, Jesus Christ. It is through faith in Him alone 
that the soul is saved and heaven is assured. Many of you know the name of Helen Steiner Rice. I want to close these brief remarks today by sharing with you a prayer that Helen Steiner Rice has written. She calls this a prayer for our nation. And I think this can apply to those of you who are listening who live not in America, but in other places. It's a prayer for all of us. Let's close our meditation today as Helen Steiner Rice leads us in this prayer. God, bless America and keep us safe and free, safe from all our enemies, wherever they may be. Teach us to walk humbly and closer in thy ways. Give us faith and courage and put purpose in our days. Make each of, each of us aware that each must do their part. For in the individual is where peace must have its start. For a better world to live in where all are safe and free must start with faith and hope and love deep in the heart of me. Oh God, we pray not only that you would bless America, but other nations who are so desperately in need of your blessing, your help, your freedom. We do not want to take the blessings that you've given us, O oh God, for granted. And as America approaches a special day tomorrow, the 4th of July, grant that each of us, whatever our nation uh, of origin may be, each of us may be committed to Jesus Christ, who is the answer to all this world's problems. This we pray in his wonderful name. Amen.